together to worship, to study, to learn, to be built up so that as all of us scatter into the world every single day, now we can do the work of ministry, whatever that looks like, right? That we go into our lives thinking, I am a servant of God, so I can help. Or someone, you see something going on, you're like, and, and the Spirit of God prompts you to, hey, I want you to step into that, right? That's why we, we gather together to be built up so that all of us do the work of ministry. What's the point of going to church? Is it your faith just between you and God? Well, actually, it's more than just that. Today, Pastor Daniel shares that God also wants you to be a part of the work he's doing close by and around the globe. And being a part of a church family is an important part of that process. You'll learn that church is where you go to grow and be built up so that you can say yes to the things God invites you to be a part of. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 as he begins his message, Second Strand of Crossroads DNA. So all of us have convictions in our hearts that drive who we are. We've been talking about it together as a church that the decisions that each one of us make, they're not just, these are the decisions I make, but there's reasons we make those decisions, don't we? Underneath what you see, under the surface is all sorts of things. Like, let me give you an example. Uh, Just recently, uh, my little daughter Annabelle, so Annabelle's six years old, she's totally awesome. And there's nothing more fun than getting to raise yourself. I mean, she's got my personality, you know, and so... So sure enough, just the other day, I was in Annabelle's room, and I found um, all of these uh, chocolate wrappers, like a whole pile of them. And I said, Annabelle, she said, what? I said, where'd you get all the chocolate from? I don't have any chocolate. No, no, no. All those wrappers. She's like, there's no chocolate in there. And it started to make me laugh. And I'm like, okay, I'm like, you know, you can put the wrappers in the, in the garbage can. She's like, yeah, I can do that, you know? And I said, why do you have them upstairs? And she's like, come on, dad, if they're downstairs, you're going to eat them. <laughs> right? And I started laughing and I'm like, she's totally right. Like if, if those things are in the pantry and I walk in there and I'm going to eat something healthy, I'm like, there's nothing more healthy than milk chocolates, you know? And, and, and so I started laughing and she's like, I'm like, so, so really what you do? She's like, yeah, when I, when I find like a bag of candy, I just bring it upstairs. And, and, and like, so, and so and we started talking about how it's wrong to be a thief and everything. And, you know, and we had all these, discuss- but it, it made me laugh because I'm like, this is kind of how this goes. Like in her, in her mind, she's thinking to herself, if I leave those downstairs, they might not be here when I wake up in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, and, and so I'm just going to take them upstairs. And, and, but like, there's an underlying set of assumptions that cause her to make those decisions. And really each one of us has those. And, and one of the things that Jesus wants to do in all of us is he wants to make sure that the underlying convictions or assumptions by which we make decisions are actually lined up with who he is. And in a lot of ways, becoming a follower of Jesus and maturing in our Christian walk as we grow with Jesus, it really boils down to, am I going to allow Jesus 
to drive the convictions that are the reasons I make decisions in my life. And so we've been exploring this together as part of this Renew series. And so today we'll kind of explore kind of the the DNA of Crossroads. If you're with us in the last message, I called the first strand of the Crossroads DNA. And today we'll take the second strand of it. And in a lot of ways, because we're talking about who we are as a church, what I keep telling you is that a church is a collection of people who are seeking to follow Jesus together. Right, And so any sort of mission or vision or convictions that we have as a church, we can define them as church leaders, but really who we are every day as a church family is decided by all of us together, right? It's who we are. And so in sharing these, my hope is that it will cause you to think about what are my underlying assumptions by why I make decisions, And how do my personal underlying assumptions, how do they either line up or are in contrast to what we're talking about or what we value as a church? And where is God asking me to change? And and by me saying that, I'm not saying that if you have different views that you're wrong and we're right. I'm saying that so much of what God wants to do is in the, I'm willing to ask the question, maybe I should look at this. Maybe I should consider another way of looking at this. And so it's been really fun to get at this together. And so I always want to give you some scripture to kind of put this in context. So open up in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to take verses 11 and 12 together today. So Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul says this to the church in Ephesus in chapter 4 verse 11. It says, he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, I wanted to share these verses with you because in this year of renewal that we're calling it, we keep saying that we want to live upward, inward, and outward, right? Like everything that we do as a church and, and what Jesus teaches us is that at every given moment, we live life in these three directions. There's upward, there's a relationship with God, and because of who God is, we have an identity, a, re, a relationship with ourselves, the way we see ourselves, the way we identify ourselves. And then we live out into the world in ethics as we treat other people. And we learned this from the greatest commandment. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. That's the upward. And then you should love your neighbor as yourself. So as yourself is the inward, and loving your neighbor is the outward. And we've been seeing this all through the scriptures. You realize that there's an upward, inward, and outward right here, too, in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Notice, but he himself gave, right? So it begins with God choosing to give the people of God certain people with certain functions to accomplish certain things. So you always have to remember that church is not some human construct. This is God's plan, right? And God, because he sees the church as his body, where Jesus is the head. He sees the church as his family, his bride, where Jesus is the bridegroom. There's all these different analogies, but the church is not humans' ideas. Don't get me wrong. Humans have all sorts of ideas about church. But in its, in its, in its initiation, God's plan for the church is his plan, Right? And so because he loves the church, his people, he himself gives gifts to the church. And so the upward is that God gives these things. Now the inward, of course, is what does God give? Notice it says, some to be apostles and prophets, 
evangelists and pastors and teachers. So there's these roles. Some people call these the five-fold ministries. Some people say there's only four because some people think that pastors and teachers are the same role. What I would say is that there are different things that God wants to do, but one of the things that God wants to do in the church, an apostle is one who is sent, right? Someone who's sent with a commission. Now, in a rigid sense, there was only 12 apostles, right? And in a broad sense, all of us are called to be apostles because when we get saved, God sends us into our jobs. He sends us into our families. He sends us into our communities because we need to eat. He sends us to the grocery store. You know what I mean? And and when you begin to realize that you're sent by God into all these different areas of life, right? You begin to realize that God has a purpose in it. Right? So you have apostles. And then, of course, you have this idea of, of prophets. And, and, and the prophet is somebody who, as I always like to say, calls into question the status quo of how things are. And then second, gives a vision for a more glorious future. In certain cases, God will use a prophet to foretell future events. As we look at the scriptures, some of the prophets foretold what are events that were future for them, past for us now. But that's a small portion of the role of the prophet. A prophet is somebody who lives out a reality that challenges us to think differently about our lives, right? And so God wants to send prophets to help correct us, to to challenge our presuppositions, right? Then, of course, you have this idea of evangelists. An evangelist is someone who, who tells the good news, right? And so in a lot of ways, just as there are people who have the unique gift of evangelism, There are people who have the unique gift of prophecy, but I also believe that all of us, if we're children of God, we should live in a prophetic way. Your life should be salt and light, calling into question whether you use words or not, the way everybody else lives. In the same way, all of us should be people who share the good news. You know, it's it's not something that's just for some of us. People say to me oftentimes, Pastor Daniel, you're you're a gifted evangelist. I say, I'm not a gifted evangelist, I'm an obedient evangelist. I don't ever, I've never felt gifted doing evangelism. I just do it because I know I'm supposed to. And what I've learned is that there's a blessing on the other side of obedience, right? Like God, God wants to draw people to himself. He wants people to share the good news. There's a lot of bad news in our world today, right? Not, not, with each passing week, we get new bad news. You know, we have health epidemics and this thing and that thing and this thing's going on and that thing. But then there's always the good news that Jesus is real, that he is alive, that he loves people. That he wants to change. And so we need to be those evangelists who share the good news. And then, of course, you have this idea of pastors and teachers, whether they're one group or two different groups of people. The idea is that a, a pastor is a shepherd, somebody who is care, who cares for people, shepherds them, leads them, protects them, looks out for them. And then teachers, people who explain things, right? So God gives to the church, that's the inward, to be the church, he gives these unique roles so that what happens, look what it says, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, don't miss the inward. God gives these roles for the equipping of the saints, which is the church. We gather together, not because church on a Sunday or on a Wednesday is the whole thing. We get together to be equipped. So the work of church is to equip one another. That as we grow together and as we learn together, that we're all getting built up, equipped, so that all of us can do the work of ministry, which is that outward function, to be on mission. So like, we gather together to worship, to study, to learn, to be built up so that as all of us scatter into the world every single day, now we can do the work of ministry, whatever that looks like, right? That we go into our lives thinking, I am a servant of God. 
so I can help. Or someone, you see something going on, you're like, and, and the Spirit of God prompts you to, hey, I want you to step into that, right? That's why we, we gather together to be built up so that all of us do the work of ministry. Sometimes people think that Sunday is the only time ministry happens wrong. I always say, wherever your feet are, if you're a child of God, that's where the ministry's happening. You know, and, and we want to think of our lives in this way. Now, with that, now as we look at some of our more specific cultural things as a church, I like to tell everyone that one of the pieces of DNA that we are as a church is that we let our niche be everyone. We let our niche be everyone. And what that means is as a church, our goal is to be able to reach everyone. Now, one of the things that I always like to tell people is that every church is intentionally trying to reach a certain type of a person, right? And we have these ideas. And then depending on who you want to reach, you do certain things to reach those people. And I always say that as a church, our goal is to reach the largest group of people because I think Jesus wants to reach everybody, right? So I always like to tell people that what we do as a church is we ignore, not ignore, but we don't pay much attention to the 10% of the people who love everything that we do. Because at this point, if you love everything we do, then you're probably going to love the next set of stuff that we do. And, you know, and, and, and we ignore the 10% of the people who hate everything we do. And then we run with the 80% in the middle. You guys are laughing. What do you guys know that I don't know? But, but you know what I mean? Like there are, there are people who are literally like, I will never go to Crossroads because that guy's got dreads. Right? Or I will never go to Crossroads because... It's a big church. Or I'll never go to Crossroads because they don't teach the Bible out of this specific translation that we have decided is the only good one. We don't even worry about those folks because obviously if they have all those type of issues, there's churches for them. Like I met someone like, I would never go to Crossroads because you don't wear a suit. I'm like, well, there's lots of churches where you can go find a pastor who looks good in a suit. They're like, why don't you wear a suit? I'm like, look at me. Do you think I look good in a suit? And he's like, no. I'm like, Exactly. They just don't, it doesn't fit the whole thing, you know what I mean? I'm like, but if you want a pastor with a suit, you can find them. There's lots of them, you know? But we don't worry about that stuff because they want something specific, right? If people are like, well, I only go to a church that doesn't, that's not preached in English. Well, then, you know, okay. Like, so we realize that there are other churches for folks like that. But our goal is to reach the 80% of the people in the middle. Right? And so, so much of what we do is driven by that. And of course, we learn that from John chapter 3, verse 16. Most famous verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So, notice it doesn't say, for God so loved middle class Republicans. For God so loved white people. For God so loved women. For God so loved children. It says, God so loved what? The world. And the world is everybody. So for us, we don't want to intentionally put like, these are the people that we can reach. So if you notice, like we don't use overly theological language, even though we know that language, we don't come up here and I'm like, well, this scholar says this, and this scholar says this, and this person says this. I mean, I read all that stuff because I love it, but ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're all just trying to figure out like, how do I walk through this life with grace? How do I love my spouse or how do I put myself in a situation that I can experience God's glory where I am and all that stuff is great but all of that stuff does not necessarily help right so our goal is to be our niche is everybody we want to be able to reach the people of Clark County Washington we want to be able to reach people right where they are with the message that's Jesus and that's an that's like a, a thing for me and I think it's important for you your niche with people should be everybody 
You should not have any group of people that you're not willing to minister to because God so loves the world. He loves people. So the whole point of this whole thing is that God loves people. He's on a rescue mission to bring people. And so we want to make sure our niche is everybody. There's nobody we think is too far from the grace of God. Now, from there, because our niche is everybody, we like to say that we minister to all four soils at the same time. Now, that's a biblical reference, that we minister to all four soils at the same time. So I get this, actually, and and really this parable is in the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and, uh, and Luke. But we find it in Matthew chapter 13. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna read it to you. Uh, I'll actually read verses 18 to 23, which is where Jesus actually explains the parable. So you kind of get all of it where it says, therefore hear the parable of the sower. Matthew 13 verse 19 says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this was he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself and he endures only for a while. For when uh, tribulation or persecution arises because of the word immediately stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and he understands it, who indeed bear fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Now, they call this the parable of the sower, but really it's the parable of the soils. Jesus says that he's the sower. He's the person who goes, and the seed is the word of God, right? And the word of God, as it's being shared, as it's being sowed, it lands on different hearts, different qualities of hearts. And he uses the soil to be the, uh, the example of it. Now, it always reminds me of the book of Proverbs, which says that we should keep our hearts with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. So what, it, what that proverb is telling us is that each one of us has a, a job to do to care for our own hearts, to tend to the soil of our hearts, because out of your heart springs the issues of life. Now, it doesn't mean that you can control everything from your heart. There's all sorts of circumstances that you can't control, but what you do with the things you can't control, you choose to do that, right? And so we're encouraged to keep the soil of our heart. And what we learn from this parable is that what God wants in each one of our lives is fruitfulness. That's what he wants. God wants to bear fruit in your life. And he uses the word of God as the seed to be able to bear that fruit. Jesus said, by this, people will know you are my disciples by the love that you have one for another. And by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. And so you will be my disciples. So God's goal in the heart of every human being is to be fruitful, to bear fruit, right? But then what we learn is that there's four different types of soil. The first type is a heart that's hardened, where the seed doesn't actually get in. And what we learn is that the birds of the air, Satan and his his ambassadors come and they just take the seed. The the seed doesn't get in. If you put a seed on a piece of concrete, is something going to grow there? No, it has to be sown. It has to be underneath the soil, So the first case, we have hard hearts, 
right? Then in the next one, you have what's called stony ground, where there is room to get the seed in the ground. It's not fully hard, but there's rocks there. And because of the rocks, the roots really can't get deep. There's a shallowness, right? And what it says is that in, in the stony heart, in the shallow heart, the seed gets in and it immediately bears some fruit. But right as something adverse happens, there's some sort of pushback because of their faith in Jesus, immediately they fall away. So there's not enough depth to get any sort of good rootage for it to be able to survive the normal course of life events. The third type of heart is, of course, the thorny heart where the soil is good. The seed can get down deep. It grows up, but there's other stuff growing in there as well. And we learn that there's these thorns that come and they wrap themselves around the fruit that God wants to bear. And he says it's the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. So there's a heart that there's a lot of prepared soil, but there's worldliness in it. And it, and it chokes out the fruitfulness that God has. And then, of course, the final soil is the good soil. That the seed goes in and it bears fruit. And it bears different amounts of fruit in different hearts. But either way, the fruit is being born. Now, when we say that we, wanna, that we minister to all four soils at the same time, what that means for us is that we realize that every single one of us is on a unique step of their faith journey. And for some of us, you're here today and life and people have trampled your heart down and it's hard. It's like, if you ever, you ever go hiking on a trail that so many people have walked on, right? It's like, that's packed down, right? And for some of us, that's where the state of our hearts are. We've gotten so trampled on by so many circumstances and people. And if that's you, don't, don't fret because what God wants to do is he wants to break up that hard soil so that he can get his word into your heart so that it can bear fruit. So, and in order to get that done, you need like a jackhammer. And so as a, as a, as a, as a ministry, as a ministry, that's some of what we do. Sometimes it's like, we're like, like I'm holding onto the jackhammer and I'm like with the word and I'm like, there's sparks flying and people are getting upset. And it's like, but that's part of the job because if your heart is hard and you actually want God to bear fruit in your life, someone's got to come in with the jackhammer. So as a church, we, we expect that, right? For some of us, there's, it's not all the way hard, but there's a lot of shallowness there. There's lots of, there's, there's areas of that soil that are not clear. And it's fighting against the ability to get some depth with the word. Now, you don't want to use a jackhammer in that, right? You, want, you almost want to use like a, like a gardening pick. You know what I mean? Like where you go on in there and it's like, you got to keep the good soil, but you, you need to get those rocks out, right? Because God wants us not just to be on the surface. He wants us to be deep. He wants, it, he wants the roots to go down deep. So God's doing that work. Now, of course, if you have the worldliness, and can we just be honest, 21st century America, there's a big problem for all of us, no matter how much you love the Lord. You know, there's other things growing in there as well, right? Now, you don't want to use a jackhammer in that situation because there's fruit. You don't want to use a gardening pick because you don't want to kill that, but you do want to use some gardening gloves, right? You need to pull those thorns away so that you can pull them out, right? And that's going on in our hearts. And then, of course, if your soil is good and fruitful, praise God, but you all know it takes a lot of work to keep it like that. Jesus is real. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Jesus is Real Radio. Today, Pastor Daniel described four different ways that people can respond to what Jesus is showing them. You discovered that God wants to soften your heart when it's hard. One of the ways that happens is through listening to teachings, just like this one. God will use his word to break up the hard, dry soil of your heart so that you can grow and thrive. 
Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel Fusco from Jesus is Real Radio. I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing through this ministry to change lives and restore his people. Would you consider partnering with us as we continue to share the message of Jesus here on Jesus is Real Radio? You can find out more and donate securely online at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for prayerfully considering this. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus is Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus is Real Radio at 360-256-4655 or email me at real at danielfusco.com. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share that Crossroads is a church that wants to reach out to everyone. Jesus came to rescue all people from the brokenness of a life apart from Him. And you can follow His example. You'll learn that this means getting out of your circle of friends and your comfort zone and getting to know people who are different from you. You, too, can join in the work that Jesus is doing in the world. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Renew. Please glance at the clock right now. Make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.